This is Paul Nobles from Eat to Perform, and I'm going to walk everyone through what is going to basically be a, a webinar slash podcast with people who aren't Eat to Performers. And so it's going to be interesting from the standpoint of Q&A. Uh, the other thing that we're going to be able to do here is walk everyone through uh, just the basic concepts of, of Eat to Perform why it works, why it's better than, than virtually any other approach to dieting, and then kind of walk through there. Um, first, let me introduce you to the director of all of our coaches here at Eat Reform, Becky Avara. Becky, if you want to say hello to everyone. Hello, how are you all doing? Hope every, I'm glad everybody's here with us. And Carolyn Mele is one of the lead coaches here at Eat Reform, and she'll be walking through all the questions that that people have so hopefully we can get some questions really early so we have some kind of gauge on how long this would be typically we want these to go for about an hour uh the other thing and the other reason why we're doing this is this is the start uh the kickoff of our flash sale so if you're in this you basically either have gotten our book read our books watched the case studies um, hopefully that has given you a lot of insight on what we're going through. And then we're going to then cover um, the, uh, you know, the trajectory of what it all looks like, what are the changes, how we look at things and how you can fix maybe whatever issues you might have related to weight loss. Because obviously, um, I think given the, the information that you see on our page, it, it's a pretty different approach. And so um, we do have the flash sale. Uh, there's basically three offerings, right? And so you can walk through a coach. I believe what we're going to do is send an email um, uh, that will have this recording, but we'll also have the ability to talk to a coach or just purchase. And so with those options, you get uh, what the, the basic membership um, with a free trial, right? So you can try it for free if you'd like. Uh, the other, the most popular package by far has the, um, has the meal plan. And then we also have an additional meal plan and then training package. And so talk to a coach about that, but, um, all of which, you know, can fit various needs for whatever your needs are. We're basically, if you, if it is weight loss, fat loss related, we try to address it within one of those three packages. All right, so the big idea with Eat to Perform, the thing that really has changed everything, and if you've listened to any of our podcasts, my co-host on those is Dr. Susan Kleiner. And Susan works with you know a number of athletes. She's worked with the, the Cleveland Browns. She's worked with the New England Patriots. Notably, she works with um, Sue Bird and Megan Rapino. So it's kind of surreal to see her getting shout outs from some of these, you know, great athletes within the world. But Susan kind of brought an interesting idea to uh, the approach of dieting. Now, Susan is not like if you ask Susan to write you a plan to lose weight, she does not do that. <laughs> um, her sole focus is performance. And I know a lot of people that follow Eat Reform often wonder, 
like what does performance mean? Do I do I have to perform like Sue Bird or Megan Rapino or some of the CrossFit Games athletes that we work with? We work with Olympians, just you know, all the various people. But the majority of our clients are just regular people that are active. And I often bring up the fact that I started walking, right? And and eventually that evolved into all of the things that I do today. My primary activity right now is pickleball. And so if you're familiar with pickleball, you probably know it's not the, the most gangster sport out there. And it's really not about being um, extremely active. It's just about being willing to move, right? And as, the truth is, is that even without moving, the science of what is ultimately eat to perform would still apply, right? But if someone asks me um, what, you know, should I sign up to this program if I'm going to be sedentary, we typically will tell them no. And the reason why, and we'll, we'll walk through all the various ways of looking at eat to perform, but the one thing that is most important for keeping it off, which is the name of the book, is um, activity as you go into the non-dieting stages, right? And so if you wanna be successful at any form of dieting really, you have to take the part where you aren't dieting in a way more serious than the dieting phase, right? I know there's a level of intensity with dieting phases that excites people, right? You're, you're excited to lose weight. Maybe holidays have gotten away from you. Maybe you're going into to spring break or, or you want to set up a cycle. So this summer, you know, you can be ready. Um, you know, at the end of the day, the thing that is most important related to any diet cycle is to walk into it with a good number of calories. I would say that's probably the biggest mistake that people make going from diet to diet to diet, right? And so often people will listen to what we're talking about and they will perceive it to mean, if I eat more, I can lose more weight. There is no science that really walks through that, right? It doesn't really even make logical sense that that is how it would work, right? So if you know that, then you have to also know that coming to us maybe after the holidays or after, you know, right now, you know, a lot of people have come from winter vacations. That's been a big thing. They want to clean up afterwards. Those are good times, but not necessarily great times. And I'll walk you through what great times are, right, um, afterwards. But by far, right, the best dieters are the people that have been off the rails for years at a time, right? I know myself, I was struggling with fat loss. Um, I, I've talked about it many times. My, my weight was at 185, and I wanted to go to 175. And in the process of about 10 to 11 years of dieting, I went from instead of I, I went from 185 to 175. And it, it didn't hold, right? I didn't have a good foundation. I didn't know all the things that I know now. 
Um, and I landed at about 265. And, and when you see those pictures and when I see those pictures, it's, it's really shocking, right? Because what, you know, I'm a pretty smart guy, I like to think, you know, and uh, I just, I think for me, it was just too much focus on all the other pieces of my, my life and not prioritizing the health piece. Once I started to prioritize the health piece, I just assumed that there was some magical willpower that, that I didn't know about. Um, I wasn't particularly active, I wasn't inactive, but I, I didn't, you know, I'm absolutely certain. One thing that we see is, is people will start off and they'll start logging their steps and they start to realize that they are only getting four to 5,000 steps a day. And the minute they're cognizant of that, it's an easy road to 10,000 steps a day or eight to 10,000, which is typically what we would recommend. Um, that, that's what most places recommend, right? Um, but when you're not cognizant of it, it's easy for things to kind of go the other way. And the problem with dieting in general is if you're not doing the, the, the part where food comes back right, often you're going to gain it back with interest. And if you think about most diets, and I'll use a, a woman as an example, right? So let's say that you know, you're using kind of the standard diet to nowhere approach where they're going to give you 1,200 calories, and the natural assumption is that you're going to be eating 1,200 calories for the rest of your life to maintain it. One, there's a lot of problems with that, <laughs> right? Um, eventually, you are going to have moments where you're going to eat more than that, and what you're going to find is that what worked when you were initially reducing calories does not work after that, right? And so the, the reason is sort of simple, and we all kind of know it. If you've ever plateaued with weight loss, you kind of understand this, this math, that as you go down, your body adjusts to that. In fact, it adjusts very quickly. Within two weeks, your resting metabolic rate can go almost up to half, depending on what size you are, things of this nature. So your body reacts really quickly to dieting. Now. Initially, as most of us know, right, um, and I'm walking you through the deficit phase right now, but that's actually not the big piece of eat to perform. But I want to walk you through maybe some things that you probably have done a little differently, maybe without having the understanding that I had to figure out, right? Um, and then once we started to apply that to literally thousands of people, we've been able to refine that over the last 10 years. And so um, I consider what we do, there are a few other people um, out there, you know, mostly that have, have, have worked with us and, and, and that are doing dieting the more correct way, right? But one thing that we absolutely know is that prescribing people 1,100, 1,200 calories and then not bringing calories back to normal is a big, big no-no. And we'll walk through why. So as 
your resting metabolic rate reduces, it makes losing weight a lot harder. So what you normally see, and, and this is something that I talk about all the time, and we, we bring it up in virtually every podcast because people go, well, I lost six to eight pounds, but you know, wasn't that just the water weight? Well, in reality, yes, it is. Um, and that's what you see. The body you know, is adjusting to that. But what you'll also see if you do it the more correct way, which I'll describe in just a second, um, is that the body will continue to go down. And what was water and not fat, when you were doing a wrong approach, as the approach changes and gets better, you are able to rehydrate tissue. One of the things that people do often, you know, it's, I'm sure no one on this call is a stranger to low carb dieting. What we see through body, path, body fat tests, things of this nature, is that once you rehydrate that muscle, it does come back as lean mass, right? And so if we can fix the protein amount, if we can fix, you know, the carbohydrates, you know, having enough to allow you to go to the gym and have energy and be better um, as you go through the gym experience, all those things are favorable for body composition. And so not only is what we do different and better, but it's also kind of logical once you start to do it, right? And, and we'll walk you through that. So as your body is adjusting, the problem that most people have is they start off where the calories are too low. They lose too much water in the beginning, right? And they're not necessarily focused on, on the body fat piece. If you do it a little bit slower, you're more likely to lose less water and more body fat, right? And so what we do is we'll start you off at what we consider a baseline. Now, many people don't necessarily know how many calories they have been eating going into it. Some people do, but because the approach is a little bit different, a little bit more balanced, they are able to perform in the gym differently and so they can lose weight, whereas they may have been stuck previously. That's very common. I will walk you through what happens um, if you come to us from a dieting background, right? If you're going from diet to diet to diet and you say to us that you want fat loss, we, there is no magic to this. Um, the magic really comes in just sort of fixing your metabolic math along the way. And literally we do that for thousands of people. You probably see it every single day in the pictures that, that we have. You can go back 10 years to see all of the amazing transformations that we've done along the way. So for women, as an example, the, the first number is somewhere around 1650 to 1700, depending on um, Depending on your size, age, there's a lot of factors that go into it. Um, these are mostly examples, right? And then as the weeks go by, we lower things. And we, you know, in fairness, we're going to get close to the lowest number that, you know, a lot of other programs prescribe from day one. 
But the difference being is that, so let me give you an example. Let's say that, that the lowest number would be 1,200 calories, right? And you start from, from day one. The reason why our approach is better is because let's say that you were eating 1,700 calories, right, previous to this. And you started with another program and they put you at 1,200 and you would lose a little bit of weight right out the gate but you would stall really quickly. The difference between what we do and what they do is that it's going to extend it longer, right? So what we see is that in the case of the 1700, 1200, normally the math would equal about six to eight pounds, right? If you went through a six week cycle. Using the way we do it, it can actually get you somewhere in, in, in the range of eight to 12. Right. And then we reset calories back to normal. Right. What is normal? Well, it's not over consuming. It's not the bad habits that you had previously. You take the, the good habits that you'll learn in the first round of fat loss. We get calories usually for women over 2000, which I know is a scary number. And it's interesting. I would I don't know of any other program that's as honest about the numbers that we give clients as, as we are, right? So, so why would we do that? Why would we give you the secret sauce? Well, because it's not secret. It, you know, it's this idea that there's some secret sauce out there that's part of the problem in my opinion, right? And so I want people to know going in what to expect. And so why do we start people off at a higher number? Well, one, we wanna see if you are actually over-consuming. Right. Remember the first part of dieting. Are you over consuming? If that answer is no, then we have to fix that metabolism so we can get you the results you want. Right. And and I'll walk through that in a second because it goes hand in glove with what we're talking about. So seventeen hundred will basically graduate down within um, three adjustments. Right. So Carolyn is actually one of the people on the adjustment team. Becky is no longer on the adjustment team, but she basically created what became the adjustment team. And we have up to three changes that happen in that regard, right? But what happens if you're at 1,700 and you say, well, I was actually eating more than that and I'm not losing weight? Well, to me, it sort of depends on how big your goals are, right? If you're looking to lose 10 to 20 pounds and you stall at 1,700, what that tells us is you do not have the runway to lose 20 pounds, right? And so your coach after two weeks will say to you, hey, look, well, it's actually, it's actually a combination of the adjustment team and your coach, right? So we, we have kind of a, 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 few, a few sets of eyes looking at your file. You have one person that you'll talk to and have communications with as often as you like. And then the adjustment team is really like the math team, right? They're looking at your math. They're seeing how you're responding to the plan and whether or not you need to go lower. Look, at the end of the day, lower is not magic, right? And so if you take away 500 calories from 1700 calories, you're only going to lose a pound a week in that scenario, 
which means that after six weeks, you lose six pounds. Most people on this call are not here to lose six pounds, right? They're here to figure out how to lose much more than that. So a coach will then talk you out of the bad plan that you were on under eating and move you to what is probably a scary plan for most of you, right? And this is where I'm going to go back to the reset, right? So, so once we've gone through the first six weeks, typically we expect people to lose anywhere from eight to 12 pounds. You know, obviously we wouldn't expect a 122 pound woman, you know, to lose 12 pounds, right? Does happen, but it's not the expectation. Typically, you know, a person that size is going to lose six to eight pounds in a cycle. And that's actually a really good cycle for that person. Um, A lot of people, when we talk about the specifics related to numbers, don't actually have a good understanding of how their body works, right? Not, not in the way that they've actually tried to do what we know works, right? And, and this is true for, for, you know, Hashimoto's and thyroid and, and, and you know, uh, menopause. It's all a matter of degrees, right? Of course, if I have a 27-year-old female, she's going to react very differently than a 62-year-old female. But at the same time, you know, the science clearly shows that up to about 70 years old, the difference is not as big as you think, right? And especially if you try to stay active, you can get those calories up higher. What's the point of getting the calories up higher? Well, I can tell you it's not. What it's not to do is just to get you to eat more. It's to reestablish your metabolism at a higher number, right? Allow you to build muscle. One of the things that we saw very early on with Eat to Perform was that people that had been dieting for a very long time and kind of been stuck in this like 1,200 to 1,500 calorie prison, right? they would gain muscle much faster than really made a lot of sense, right? Um, normally, you would only see it in teenagers or, or young 20-year-olds, things of that nature. But what, what we were seeing is that once we fix deficiencies in protein, once we fix deficiencies in carbohydrates, one of the things that, that, that annoys me, and it probably should annoy all of you as well, is when there's this idea of, of there's either low carb or high carb, as if there's no middle, right? And so, you know, people will talk about high carb diets, um, but you never hear of anyone call, you know, talking about moderate carbohydrate diets. Either form is a moderate carbohydrate diet. What we're trying to do is get you enough usable energy so that you can get in and out of the gym closer to 100%. Most of the people that have been under eating for a very long time, right? And, um, you know, have struggled to make progress are doing so because of lack of energy and because the percentage when they go into the gym is just not that high, right? What you probably think is 60% under eating uh, or uh, is, you know, 80 to, 80 to 100% is really closer to 50, 60%, right? And, and you, you, you tell it very differently. 
But the other thing that's really important is that the idea, speaking specifically of 2,000 calories for, for a woman, because whenever we talk about a plan and there's a woman out there that's like, oh, my goodness, you know, I would put on so much weight. No one puts on weight like that with prescribed macros. That's not how weight works, right? What we see over and over again, and I think you, you know, if you, if you sat down and thought about it, it's, it's kind of those moments in life where, you know, you get frustrated or you have a celebration or it's just all of these situations where you're not cognizant of what's going on. Like, let me give you an example. I'd say probably half the people on this call probably don't weigh themselves daily, maybe more, right? But what if I told you that weighing yourself daily is actually one of the best ways to stay weight stable for life, right? Because you can actually do something about it. You're now getting data. You will say, you say well, I don't, I don't like the information that it's giving me. The information that it's giving you is not the problem. It's the expectation of the, the, the number that it's giving you, right? Like if I were to tell you, so, so part of the Eat to Perform program, and, and this is happening in a micro way, so kind of keep that in mind. That we're, we're talking about like half a pound or whatever. But the way that the days are set up is actually trying to push your weight up on certain days so that you're at your lowest weight one day a week, right? And that's intentional. We can do that. We can predict it. It's, it's, it's something that I'm surprised more people don't do. But um, when we're talking about metabolism and keeping a thriving metabolism, the answer to that is very simple, right? It's more food, right? It's more food and to a certain extent more moving. But, but more food basically turns on a lot of the cells that get turned off in the process of dieting. That's a long story short, right? So if you wonder like, you know, ah, I don't have a good metabolism. Well, more often than not, if you've been under eating for years or going from diet to diet to diet, you actually have the best metabolism when you're over consuming, right? And you have the worst metabolism when you're under consuming. And so, so I really want you to take into account, I'm not, I'm not arguing that you should weigh yourself daily, right? But the science is very clear that if you're trying to stay weight stable, weighing yourself matters, right? So I think if you can change that expectation to what your weight should be, it literally changes everything, right? Because the focus, you know, if you're on this call, you probably know that the big idea with Eat to Perform is that you aren't dieting most of the time, right? And so that's, you know, that's the secret sauce, right? Um, and within that uh, not dieting most of the time, what you're doing is staying weight stable, but you're also building muscle, right? And you really can't build muscle at 1,500 calories as a female, right? The majority of the people on this call people aren't here are women. And so um, that's the case for virtually all of these calls. So that's why I use women as examples. But, but for men, 
you know, you really want to start seeing, you know, if we're, we're talking about a surplus, really talking about, you know, 2,800, 33,000, 3,500 calories. Most of the people listening to this information don't have an idea what their body needs to thrive most of the time because they've been sidetracked by all this dieting talk along the way, right? And once again, you know, if, if um, you know, like I said, if you want to jump in and start a free trial, you know, it, it's not like we don't back up what we say, right? The, you know, we're given the opportunity for people to try it risk-free, but also we, you know, not only, so we have the photos on the main page, we have a lot of photos on Instagram, but in the private group, it's way different, right? There, there's probably 10 to 15 people, you know, every single day going, I can't believe, I, you know, even when I started, I couldn't believe that this was going to happen. And gradually it's been working. Now, I will say this. The way that we would all like to do it, the way that I would have liked to do it, um, and I had to change my mind, is if you, if you have, say, 50 pounds to lose, you kind of want to lose it all at once. What you start to see in that process is that if you can bite it off in chunks, you can actually get there faster, but more importantly, you can keep it off, right? So it's been 13 years since my obesity numbers, right? And I've been able to keep that weight off that whole time. And so, you know, does that involve extreme exercise? It did at times, very early on, but right around when I turned 40, I'm 53 right now. Um, and I know a lot, a lot of women will look at this and go, this is a guy talking, you know, um, I'm a woman, we're different. And you're not wrong, right? But women experience menopause, you know, right around my time. And men experience andropause sometimes a little bit earlier than women experience menopause. They have similar effects where you lose testosterone, where you're not able to, um, you know, the hormones naturally slow down as your body doesn't need them to perform in the way that it needs to perform in growth cycles and when you're young, right? And so naturally part of the aging process is everything slows down. But the big thing that most people do is they sort of, I don't want to say overreact because I don't, I don't think that that describes it. I think that we all become sort of victims of kind of this bad science, right? I don't know why the major programs don't do this, right? Um, because the science is very clear that dieting needs to be cyclical. The problem is, is that you come to a program like Weight Watchers or Noom or something like this, and you want to lose 55, 50 pounds. So they're going to tell you they can get you 50 pounds of loss. And I, I'm sure they have some examples of that. But when you look at a picture for me to perform, often it's after that after. We try to highlight the people that are keeping the weight off with calories higher. That's the thing that when you look at all those pictures, you have to focus on the numbers that those people are eating at that weight, at that body composition. 
because it's usually a lot higher than 2000, you know? And so there is a question I see about, about uh, recomp and we'll get into that here in a second. So when we look at it, the, the, right now we're kind of in the middle of AP and I'm describing what we call, uh, I can describe it to you as a reset. We call it adaptation prevention, right? And the reason why we do it is because like I said, your body reacts to dieting quickly. So what we wanna do in the middle is get your body back to somewhat normal. It's not gonna be all the way up to when you might've been overdoing things a bit, um, but it's gonna be a compromise in between that, right? And then fat loss too, which is the second cycle in fat loss, basically works the same as fat loss one, right? You're gonna start at the higher number and we're gonna move down. Now, fat loss two does move down a little bit quicker, right? Um, there are people that will say, okay, so you said six weeks in the beginning, four weeks for a reset, and then another six weeks. What if I need to lose a lot of weight? Well, it kind of depends on what is a lot of weight, right? So we've seen people lose 30 to 40 pounds. I would say that that's not common. Um, certainly 30 pounds, if someone was over consuming is common. Um, but I would say the majority of people that, you know, there's this idea, and I think, you know, to a certain extent, this is, this is a little bit, you know, out in the ether that we're all overeating, we're all over consuming alcohol. And as I'm looking at this call, I'm seeing a lot of people that are my age and, the reality of the situation is, is that if you have a big weekend, you, you drink maybe a little bit more than you thought, you ate a little bit more than you thought, the next five days, you're probably going to have some salads, right? I mean, you're going to be somewhat responsible. We're not talking about severe obesity for the good majority of people, right? If you're a 275-pound man, you know, losing 40 pounds in one cycle happens all the time, right? So let's say that you're not that. You're a woman, you're 170. By the end of fat loss two, you're down 20 pounds, you're, you're at 150, but you wanna be 135. There's a couple things I would say to that. One, I think that the way that we approach things um, sort of changes how you look at what is the weight that you're comfortable and what is your wish weight right? So wish weight might not be the actual weight you land, but the weight that you kind of always wanted to be, you know, the thought process of when I was 125 before my pregnancies, I was 135 pounds and comfortable at that weight. Well, if you have three kids, there's something I'm about to tell you that you might not know. In that process, you gain muscle, right? And so 135 pounds before kids might look like 142 to 145 after kids because of the muscle that you gained. Realistically, you know, most people are not under consuming when they're pregnant because they're obviously trying to grow a child. So for many people who are no stranger to dieting, it's the first time they're actually at a surplus, but also you have so much you know, growth hormone in your body from the, the building the child 
that you can't really look at that 135 number as the number, really. It it it's probably much closer to, like I said, 142, 145. So I think some of the ideas that people have is they think I was lean at that weight. And then once they start doing it perform, once they start getting the right type of information, now they can be lean at a much higher weight than they thought, right? So that's something I would like you to keep in mind. But in general, the concept is very, very simple, right? You have two fat loss cycles, you have a reset, and we're really trying to aim for somewhere in that 20 to 30 range, kind of depending on how you came to us. And once again, if you came to us dieting very early on, if we're not seeing four to five pounds of loss, we know that it's time to, to, to restart your metabolism and we're the best there is in the game. There is nobody doing it like we do it. And there's nobody, if you look at, look, if, if I ran Weight Watchers or if I ran Noom, I would feel in a bad position because I have to sell you people on the idea that we're a weight loss system. That's the only thing that they sell. We don't sell that. We're selling you based on where you are, right? So there's going to be some people who are over-consuming and to be honest with you, they're the easiest people to work with. But then there's the other people that have literally tried every diet. They're not over-consuming the majority of the time. They're not abusing alcohol. They're all the different things that would cause someone to hold on to weight. Oftentimes, we have to fix that, right? And how long does it take to fix it? Well, the reality is, is every person's a little bit different. But we typically will look at things from a three-month perspective reevaluate how you're performing, right? How you're reacting to the macros. Are you staying weight stable along the way? If you're staying weight stable along the way, if we're able to get those metabolic numbers up, we can then look at some manner of deficit. I would say that the majority of people that are on this call that have gone from diet to diet to diet, right? Would probably benefit from at least six months of just getting things right. And, and that prospect is scary if you've been on every diet known to mankind for the last 20 to 25 years, right? And that's, I would say, the biggest thing that we help people with. So then what does it look like as calories normalize? It's very similar to, to, um, to the adaptation, the reset in the middle. We're really kind of aiming for 2000, right, for women. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to women. Like I said, because I have mostly women on the call, but also it's kind of easier to hold it to one general idea. And so when we get to 2000 in the reset phase, we're already at the point where we're working the second deficit. I will say that in the second round, it's usually not as successful as the first round, right? Because if you came to us at 3000 calories, but we only work calories up to 2000, you know, the, the math just isn't there. So what we'll often see is, is people that lose 10 to 12 pounds in the first round, lose eight to 10 in the second round. So kind of keep that in mind because what I want you to understand is what you're going through, because I want you to leave this calling going, everything that dude said made sense. And it's not like nothing I've done before, right? Because if you think about 
we we tried to do this for a while with you know there's been various iterations of Eden Forum in the last 10 years. And one of the first iterations was with no coaches. And that lasted weeks. It just is very hard to do this without coaches, right? Because especially early on, there's just a lot of information that we have to sort of undo in the process. Um, and you know, we have to sort of get things to where it allows you to be the most successful in the shortest amount of time. I did a, this is actually, um, Carolyn was the first one that, that introduced this to me. And I'm going to let her say it because she knows it better than I do. But can you describe the, the, the part of the planning that, that was the meme from the other day? Oh, my, about uh, pre-planning food? Yeah, yeah. So a lot of times we tell you to log your food. We don't want you to log your food. We want you to eat what you've already logged. Is that yeah, the one you're so, talking about? Yes, yes. So what that means is, is that if you log your food the day before, this is what happens a lot with people that start programs similar to ours or macros or something of this nature, is they try to play Tetris, like, you know, the uh, macro Tetris is like a big thing in, in, in the flexible eating world. What you find when someone starts out is, is very difficult to do. I would argue it's very difficult to do even after that, right? Like if you look at most eat perform coaches, almost all of us log our food the day before we eat it. It's just easier. Like why wouldn't you do the easiest thing, right? And for most of the people that think they have this really varied way of eating and stuff like this, you probably don't, not near as much as you think. And so you can get away with logging a good 90 to 95%. And then if you have to make changes on the day, it's a lot easier than, you know, trying to kind of fill things in at the end of the day. And then you find that you have 800 calories that you don't know what to do with. Right. And so um, I think that basically covers, you know, virtually everything. If you look at it, this is probably the easiest way to describe it, is that we're looking from top down and most places are looking bottom up. They don't know what you've been eating, so therefore they can't predict, right, what you're going to experience in the deficit phase. When we, I would say, whew, if it was 100 people, and you showed me someone's calories, and I know the process that we put people through, I could probably predict within two pounds how much they'll lose. And, and if you've been struggling with dieting or struggling with like your workouts and, and performing at your best and, and things of that nature, that should shock you, right? Because how many times have you started a diet, you went into it and thought, I need to lose 20 pounds, and by about eight pounds, you get so frustrated that you quit, right? One of the things that the way that we've designed things is basically um, makes diet adherence a lot easier, right? Because you know food is going to come back, right? If you are weighing that, see, let's get back to the scale thing for a second. If your calories are 1,200 every single day, you're never going to know which day you're going to lose weight. That can be frustrating. 
then, you know, just because your calories are stagnant, you might be stuck there for two weeks. And then at that point you give up. So you say to yourself, well, yeah, you know, I used to think I had a willpower issue. I didn't have a willpower issue. Like if you think of it, you've had 12 days, you haven't lost any weight on all 12 of those days. And you, in those 12 days, five times out of the day, you had cravings that you did not eat because you wanted to stick to the plan. That's 60 times you were successful to the one time you weren't, right? So it's not a willpower issue. It's about designing the right system that allows people to be successful along the way. Now, does that mean that if you have a one-off or you have you know, some kind of mistake, most dieting programs will tell you that's not that big of a deal. We're the same there. You know, it really isn't that big of a deal. But we have designed our program to where you should be able to adhere to it to a real high degree, right? Because like I said, you know, if, if Noom tells you with their magical graph that they can get you 70 pounds of weight loss, right, in 36 weeks or 48 weeks or whatever it is, you know, the likelihood of you making it to that 48 weeks being completely adherent along the way is going to be very, very difficult. I would argue that their math is real bad in that scenario. Plus they're, they're basing all their equations off of numbers that, um, you, they couldn't possibly know. They couldn't possibly know how you've been eating, even if they asked you, right. I mean, we will try to get a general idea of how many calories you've been eating coming into eat to perform, but even we know that that's a general idea, right? So you have to sort of keep that in mind as we go. So this is probably a, a good time to go into Q&A, but I think we covered the good majority of it. Uh, Becky, Carolyn, if you think of anything that is very common with our clients, um, let me know and then we can walk through that. All right, Carolyn, okay. hit me with some questions. Okay, Jennifer's asking, hi, Paul, how would your approach change or would it when working with somebody who is already weighing daily, eating pretty healthy and quite active? I think the last 10 pounds is always the hardest. Thank you. Well, I guess I would ask you how long you've been doing it, right? Are you doing like the six week approach? Um, the, the last 10 pounds, I don't know what that means necessarily because, you know, if you've lost 50 pounds, I think people are obsessive. I know I was about the extra 10 pounds. But meanwhile, you know, what you're saying to me sounds like a really good plan in a deficit, but a really bad plan to lose the next 10 pounds, right? I mean, because like the way that I described it, the, the magic part is when you're reestablishing re your metabolism along the way. But also, this is one thing that happens a lot with the, the 10 pound people is let's say that I could grant you a wish where you lose 10 pounds. The problem is, is that you're going to become kind of obsessive about that last 10 pounds and probably do a lot of the wrong things to stay there right? Dieting is not supposed to be something that you do forever, 
right? It's supposed to be something that's, that's cyclical. So if you've done that for more than six weeks, I would say that that's already part of the problem, right? If we haven't been able to reset, um, can you get away with a, a three month cycle? You can, but it's really, really difficult. So I think the path to the next 10 pounds, I think you'll find that to be very, very difficult without a reset. So if let's say that you, you're only six weeks in, reset, right? Um, 10 pounds, if you can reset and get your calories back to the, the way that we do it, like, like, you know, there's nothing about what I'm, I'm telling you that is so secret that I won't tell you, right? We bring calories down in 250 um, calorie increments for the most part, and that's how we rise them, right? And so we typically raise them faster because that's what the body responds to better, right? We, you know, if we wait too long, we never quite get calories where we need to, right? So doing it on your own, you might struggle mentally to do it the correct way, right? Because let's be real here. I mean, I wish I'd, is there any way you could give me specifics? Because if I had specifics, I could actually tell you, a, you know, the much better approach. I don't really care if you buy Eat to Perform, right? People buy Eat to Perform every single day. The motivating factor for me was that I'd followed all the strategic advice. I'd followed all the standard information. And then once I started paying like high level you know, PhD coaches and things of this nature, the things they were telling me were just so different than the standard dieting information that, that most of us hear, right? Most of us start, you know, with some kind of intuitive eating that's either mostly whole foods, like you talked about, sometimes mostly whole foods is a problem, right? If you were over consuming at 3000 and you start to eat mostly whole foods, that's probably good. How long do you do it? Right. And then the other problem with bringing food back, especially when it's mostly whole foods, is it's a lot of food and you have to be really committed to it. Right. And I actually talk about this in, in the lab, uh, the other podcast that I'm going to be putting up with Dr. Susan here real soon is that when people start a lot of these intuitive diets, they actually almost force their failure quicker right? If you think about how we do it with Eat Inform, starting you off at a higher calorie point and then gradually moving things down, what that means is that every level we're milking more and we're keeping that metabolism at a higher level all throughout. So you can lose the most weight in that type. But really, it's not just about the most weight. It's really the most fat, right? The way that we do it is going to help you keep muscle. You can see that in our pictures every single day. So if you give me a little bit more specifics, I can probably give you um, a better example. Did she already type those in? Okay. So if you could get us that, but in general, that that's basically the answer, right? Is that if you still have fat to lose, um, you know, one of the things that people see as we do the reset or as we move them into to calories normalizing, even if they wanted to lose more eventually, is that they will see even as their weight stable, their body composition changes a lot, right? And um, part of that is rehydration with any diet, right? Now, there are some diets like intermittent fasting and keto and stuff like that, that really dehydrate you more. 
you know, water's not fat, right? And so um, when we're talking about the magic of any kind of diet, right, everybody's kind of blowing smoke up your ass, but, you know, the reality of any kind of diet is that you're reducing calories. The best way to start any major change in your life, whether it be, you know, this, like I say, the example I'm using here are intuitive diets like keto, plant-based, mostly whole foods. What people don't do, and, and they would be much more successful if they did it this way, is they would start at a much higher calorie point, right? So they could get through the stressful period of making that major change in their life, right? If you move from, you know, I'm going to just going to use extreme examples of a diet of Takis and Mountain Dew to mostly whole foods, it's going to be stressful, right? You know, even if you're reducing calories, you know, kind of in a smaller way, just your body reacts to one very differently than it reacts to the other. But it's not the reaction to the whole foods that is causing the weight loss. It's, it's the reduction in calories, right? And so what happens is, is that people aren't conscious of how many calories they were eating before. So now all of a sudden they move to mostly whole foods. They're eating chicken and kale and chicken and kale isn't a lot of calories, right? So they find they're eating a thousand calories a day and they used to be 3000 calories. And they're like, oh my God, this is a miracle. It's only a miracle once right? Because if you don't move your metabolism back to normal, right, your body is going to adjust to that. And you will actually gain weight at lower calorie points with when you don't move things back to normal. So whether it's eating form or some kind of intuitive dieting or whatever, it's always important to move things back to normal. Kyle, Carolyn. Yes. So May's asking what's better fat loss or recomp? How do you work with hypoglycemia when, when carb cycling? So I deal with hypoglycemia quite a bit. Um, and uh, I deal with it even now. Um, the, the issue with hypoglycemia for the majority of people is going to be they're either using mostly carbohydrates without a mixed meal. The big change for me was, um, you know, the standard recommendation is... Uh, carbohydrates two to one to protein, right? So you're around your workouts, you eat um, 20 grams of carbohydrates as an example and 10 grams of protein. And oh, by the way, like some of these things, as I'm saying them to you, this is what your coach does. These are the things your coach knows that you don't know, right? And, and that's one of the things that I think is a big value in, in what we provide people. But for me, that 20 grams of protein causes too much of an insulin effect, right? To where I get like you're saying blood sugar moments, hypoglycemia. So I have to add some level of, of fat to that. And so the meal that I tend to go for is some level of whole fat yogurt and uh, protein and carbohydrates. Now, your standard internet person on Reddit is going to go, well, yeah, but the fat's going to blunt your, your carbohydrate and your insulinogenic response to protein. And yes, they're right. But you can't do something that your body's not responding to well, right? Just because it seems like it's better on paper. When you eat a mixed meal where you have fats, protein, and carbohydrates, 
your body is going to figure it out. Is it going to figure it out optimally? I would ask, are you Usain Bolt, right? If you're Usain Bolt, it's probably really important to you that you do things, everything to the letter that your scientific and your nutrition team has allowed you to do it. But if you're a nurse from Poughkeepsie, your body will figure it out. Trust me, right? Is it better to do it that way where it's mostly proteins and carbs and not fat? Yes, the fat blunts, the, the uptake, the, the fiber would do the same. You would typically want to keep those things out. But like I said, people spend a lot of time obsessing about these small details that mean almost nothing and focus very little on the amounts that matter a lot, both down and up. So that's how I would suggest uh, to do that. In terms of fat loss or uh, recomp, you know, it, it sounds to me like, you know, I'm more hypoglycemic as an example in a fat loss cycle. So it sounds to me like you might be dieting. Here's what I would suggest. If your goal is fat loss, right? Start in fat loss, right? Now, if you know that your calories are 1100 to 1200, don't waste your time, right? So if, if you come into us and you don't know your calories, right? we can try to move you to fat loss. And then if we're unsuccessful, we'll move you into recomp very quickly. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but once again, if you have some idea that you're eating 1200 calories, don't waste your time. It's, there's no point. You know, part of the thing that people have this thought process of wanting to do everything quick and, and solve things instantly is that if you spent the last 25 years and you're totally lost right now, you have two weeks to try it out, right? You have three months, six months. You will see almost instantly that it'll make you feel better to eat more. <clears throat> Your workouts in the gym will be better, right? And so, so if, you, if you're undecided, you think you've been overdoing it, move to fat loss. If you, if you know that you've been under eating, and, you know, there is no magic. Right. It's it's really is all math. And, you know, there's a lot of people that will give you the excuse of, you know, oh, it's your hormones. It's all this and that. Look, hormones don't exist independent of amounts of food. Right. Um, excuse me one second. So think about when you reduce calories. Right. What are you doing? Typically, you know, even in a balanced approach, you're kind of picking carbohydrates or you're kind of picking fat. Well, we don't have to pick either because the majority of the time you're not dieting, right? So why is that favorable? Well, more fats are going to be favorable for, for hormone health. So if you've been eating in a low fat way for a very long time, you know, regenerating some of these things that have been kind of dormant for a while will be helpful. You'll feel it almost immediately. Many people that think that they're broken and, and woe is me, once they bring food back, they're shocked at, at how instantly they feel better, right? And so, you know, um, I, you know, I don't want to get into this. I, I talk about it a lot. You can listen to literally any other podcast. I am on hormone replacement right? But I spent 10 years trying to not be on hormone replacement, right? And so I would say for most people that are jumping into hormone replacement as an answer, 
they're actually going to have the same problem. Because if you don't add food back along with your hormone replacement, you're just going to end up getting more and more dosing and less and less response along the way. I can tell you, I'm not completely jacked, even though I do take testosterone as part of my hormone replacement. It's a smaller dose, right? But one of the reasons why it is a smaller dose is because I eat an adequate amount of food all the time. Does that mean I have a rippling eight pack? No, I don't. You know, a lot of, you know, even doing that kind of stuff, there's still a level of, of work required. It's not instant. None of this is instant. You know, anybody's telling, telling you instant, you, sh you should run as fast as you possibly can, right? Um, May, the question you were just answering is um, saying she's at 1575 calories right now. So um, she is I, eating in. Yeah, that's, you know, that's, that's what I would consider no man's land, right? Um, like, like, for instance, if we take away 500 calories from that, like the good majority of the deficits that we work with with clients will take them from, let's say, 2,500 to the lowest being 1,200. That's a 1,300 calorie difference. You're going to lose weight in that scenario in abundance. In your scenario, if you do it, yeah, you might feel more energy in the gym at the higher level, but your numbers are actually lower than the first numbers that you'll get through eat to reform. So I would definitely spend some time in recomp, see how you respond to that. And then, you know, I mean, your coach is going to listen to the, the issues that you have. The problem with, with people that are in your situation that join eat to perform is they don't let the calories do the magic, right? They're, they're kind of talking to their coach. They're always scared of the more food. They're always scared of all these different things, even though, you know, I mean, one of the jokes that we often talk about within like the private group is, you know, my sex life is better. My, my gym life is better. You know, I'm not angry all the time. And, and the list goes on and on and on, but you know, I'm only down five pounds and it's like, well, yeah, but you have all these other amazing things. We can get the weight eventually once we get the numbers right. Um, so your first question, Jennifer was putting some more information in here for you. Um, she's the one weighing daily, eating pretty healthy and quite active, looking for the last 10 pounds. She says, yes, most, uh, mostly whole food diet, daily movement, exercise, no alcohol, good sleep. But at 46, what I've always done isn't working anymore and my body is changing and eight to 10 extra pounds have crept on. She, I did ask her about calorie consumption. She's not sure. I don't count calories. I get 20 plus grams of protein with every meal and a protein shake after workout in the AM. I'm not really restricting. However, I'm a cyclist long distance. So in the summer, I'm probably mostly in a deficit. From what you said, well, first of all, if you're in a deficit, you're restricting, right? Um, the, what, the, 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 the number that I wanted to know was how much weight you've lost so far and how many weeks, right? You gave me all this information. It's actually not very relevant, right? The most relevant number is going to be weeks and weight loss. Uh, she hasn't lost weight. Yeah. So, so, so let me tell you what someone else would tell you 
in my situation. They would tell you you're not in a deficit, right? I don't find that to be true. Sometimes it is true, right? Sometimes it is true. Um, sometimes for people that train, they just can't envision themselves not eating an adequate amount of food. So they kind of land where the other person was talking about. They land at about 1575. You know, they're not really performing at their peak and they're not really able to lose as much as they would like. So when we move them to a deficit, really get to the to to you know the 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 really hard part. We don't really do this very much because we just have a better way. They just don't lose that much weight, right? And so, yeah, we could put you on a lower calorie diet in that process, right? But if we're talking about 10 pounds, um, it sounds like you want to do it in kind of the, the, the way that it hurts the least. And I'm going to tell you a little secret that I found out with myself and with clients over the last, you know, 10 years is that it does kind of have to hurt, right? If it does, and, and I work with some of the people you see on television, I work with those people. And it always has to hurt a little bit. And so often what we'll do in a case like you with a cyclist is one, we'll move you to performance numbers because I guarantee you're under eating with everything that you described. Um, that alone might get you enough body composition to where you don't have to worry about five or 10 pounds. Cause if it, if it's five to 10 pounds, you know, a lot of times it's sort of the way you train some of the things that you can add along the way, you know, all those types of things. So five to 10 pounds usually isn't just food. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, what we will do out of season. So like, as an example for a CrossFit games competitor, actually for most competitors, there's not a lot of competition that goes on over the holidays. So almost all of them cut over the holidays. Right. And so, um, we would just look for, a a, a time period that, that, you know, is lower in training for you. And then run a cut. Cause like I said, it's going, you're not going to be training optimally at that point. And, um, that, that sort of, you know, it's not about, it's not about having weight loss as a priority for the rest of your life. It's about having weight loss as a priority for six weeks. Right. And then you have your training as a priority for the rest of your life. Right. So that, that really is the secret, but, but everything you're saying, Becky's listening to it. Carolyn's listening to it. I'm listening to it. And it's alarm bells, right. For performance athletes. You know, you're, you're being too restrictive and to lose, I, you know, I don't know how people do that, right. Losing no weight and sticking to these really restrictive ways of doing things. Um, Tara's uh, wanting to echo on Jennifer's question as well, but she's also sounds like dealing with menopause. So I'm assuming her question is how do we um, deal with that on top of everything else for clients? How do we deal with menopause? Yeah. She's adding so, that into the mix. Yeah. So menopause is basically the same as, as really anything else. The difference being degrees, right? So if a 27 year old female, you know, working the numbers, you know, can get their numbers up to 3,000, 3,200 calories, 
you know, obviously that person is going to be more successful with weight loss. So instead of losing 15 pounds, the menopause client that only works up to 2,300 calories, you know, is, is going to expect eight to 10, right? So it's just degrees. That's it. Um, is it a factor? It's a big factor, you know, but I can tell you most of the things that you're reading, you know, one, I'm not selling you anything. You don't need to buy anything to work, work yourself up to 2,300 calories, right? That will change your life 100%, right? Um, but most of the other places are, are, are going to sell you on being broken. And I'm going to tell you that 50% of our clients are probably in some stage of menopause and getting great success. So if you, you know, part of this is belief that, you know, hey, if I can get my body working the way it's supposed to work, it's not going to be 27 year old person, but it is going to be the best version of 57, right? And so that's what I would say is, is really the big difference. But we haven't, you know, we haven't seen a lot of outliers related to, to Hashimoto's. The only, the only clients that we see struggle the most are weight loss surgery clients, right? The weight loss surgery clients, I would say the majority of them that are still looking or, or gain some weight along the way, you know, let's say that they, they got weight loss surgery eight years ago, they gained some weight back and they want to know how to do it um, again they often struggle because, you know, if you think about just numbers in general, right? So you get your stomach stapled or you use the, the, um, the sleeve, right? Um, and now you're eating 500 to 800 calories. If you start to eat 1300 calories, you're actually in a surplus to five, 500 to 800 calories. You are susceptible at that point to put on weight. That isn't what happens though, of course, right? Even people in that situation, mentally, that is very difficult taking away that amount of food. And so they're gonna wanna bring in foods that they liked before. Well, if you're eating 500 to 800 calories and now you introduce maybe a 2000 calorie day, which isn't even that big of a deal, um, now all of a sudden you're gonna add those up. Factor that in over eight years and you get weight loss. But the problem is, is that their metabolism isn't reestablished enough. Most of the time, they're probably eating closer to 1,000 calories and then occasionally eating that 2,000 calorie day, even if it's comfortable, right? It might not even be comfortable for them. Those are the people that we struggle with occasionally, but um, we have had success. There is, you know, there is no one situation where you can say that situation is gonna be successful or, or that situation isn't, you know, doesn't have a chance. I think anybody selling you on this idea that your hormones are messed up to sell you supplements or something of this nature, I can tell you food is a lot better than most of the supplements that would be recommended. And you know, I know the that there's- that I was going to reiterate that with regards to menopause, the under eating part of it that, because we all think we need to eat less and do more, then that's the part that is really detrimental to our hormones. Yeah, because you, like I said, I, I'm not trying to minimalize the situation, right? But what happens is instead of reacting logically to it, we all do, 
even men that go through andropause, you know, for myself, for years, I was overreacting to the change and it was being harmful. When you react in a logical, measured way, you get a better response, right? Is it going to be the response that you lose 70 pounds, right? It's possible that you weren't meant to be, you know, my, my, uh, you know, I used to say this all the time. I don't know why I got away from it, but my wife is the descendant of Swedish farm girls, right? She was never going to be 120 pounds. I signed up for the Swedish farm girl plan, right? And I think a lot of people aren't logical about the plan that they're actually on. Look at your mother. You look at your grandmother. You know, maybe you could be more physically fit than those people and weigh a little bit less. But I think there's way too many people that are kind of meant to be 160, 170 that are trying to be 120. You know, and I'm a big doctor friendly person. But sometimes doctors aren't really helpful with these charts and things of this nature that are talking about, well, at this height, you should be this weight, right? I think it really comes down to where you carry that weight, what your biological factors are, your genetics are, right? Because, you know, I mean, no, no disrespect to anybody on this call. But my wife's the most beautiful woman on the world, you know? And I think there's always someone out there that's going to appreciate. But but at the end of the day, it's really not about my appreciation. My, my wife would actually be somewhat bothered by that. My wife is confident in her own skin. And Becky knows because she, she just met my wife the other day. My wife, you know, does appreciate the fact that I find her attractive, but my wife is very comfortable in her own skin. And I would say that if any of you look in the mirror and you think to yourself, um, I'm not comfortable in my own skin. I would wonder what role dieting has played in that, right? And and you know, a lot of the times, you know, as much as much weight as we've helped people, as much as you know, all the things that we've been able to do, the consistent message that we get is eat reform has changed my relationship with food, right? And when you throw in that. In comparison to all the weight loss and, and abs and muscles and all that other type of stuff, when you ask me what business I'm in, I'm in the longevity business. My role is to get all of you to live as long as possible and as healthy as possible, right? And so, um, yeah. So uh, speed round, I guess, is- We is got one left. Okay. <laughs> we got well, Gladys is asking, I want my body composition to change. I have recently lost 19 pounds and feel I'm at a good weight, 123. I'm five foot three and 61 years old, but I still have fluffy areas. I go to the gym and do strength classes. I try to eat a lot of protein. I was with a coach for three months, but found that he wasn't really helpful. I get 10,000 steps most days. I often babysit the grandkids. So I, I just want to say, like, like if you're 61, 62 years old, you're going to have some, some fluffy areas, right? You're going to have some areas that are, that are imperfect. And even the opportunity to build muscle. Um, Susan, you know, Dr. Susan Kleiner, you know, who, who wrote this amazing book on, on body composition and stuff like this. She's 63. She's kind of going through the same process that you're going through. and. I, I would say that she probably 
um, is okay with imperfection, right? You have to be okay with imperfection. Now, when you say you've worked with a coach for, for three months and you've lost 19 pounds and you're at the weight that you want to be at right now, the majority of people with body composition issues really comes from building muscle, right? And holding on to muscle along the way. At, at your age, it's much more important to hold on to the muscle that you have the opportunity, I mean, can we address some some deficiencies? My guess is your previous coach kind of had you at 0.7 to 1 gram of protein per pound. That's fairly standard. So that's probably been addressed. Can we reverse you, you know, through the recon process, um, get those muscles rehydrated, maybe look a lot leaner? Yes. You know, I think a lot of loose skin hanging fat is often dehydrated muscle, right? And, but I think more than anything is that if you're already at the weight that you want to be at, that really does allow you to explore the calorie piece, right? If you get stuck at this low calorie point and you don't normalize calories, right? Even, you know, as in my discussions with Susan, you know, she does get uncomfortable um, right around the 2000 calorie point. And it's helpful for her to know that we have other clients that are eating 2300 to 2500 calories, right? And so I would say for you, you know, um, I would come in, you know, if you're going to do it or do it yourself. I think the problem with doing it yourself is that you're going to land at about 1450 calories. Right. If you were working with a coach, they probably have you somewhere in the neighborhood of 11 to 1200 calories. Right. If you do your own calories, you're probably going to struggle getting past 1500 because the day that you weigh yourself and you're up a pound and a half, you're going to freak out. Right. That's what the coaches help you with. The coaches help you with those difficult hurdles along the way. Right. So um, I think there's two answers to your question. I think that the things that make us all unique are those imperfections and you probably need to embrace those imperfections along the way and maybe sort of address some of those issues. But I think most importantly is getting calories back and, and we're, we, you know, we're going to have some, some parts of your body that you're not going to be thrilled with, but from now until, you know, the last day, we're going to work on that forever with food as an ally. Right. And that's the difference. That's what we do that's different. You know, we're not constantly telling you that, you know, you need to be less than. We want to push you to be more in that process and then address things as we go. We can help people with the biggest goals. We've helped people lose hundreds of pounds. But the situations that we deal with the most are similar to yours, right? Wouldn't you say that that's true, Becky and Carolyn, where the majority, majority of people are a relative amount of healthy and just need help with the details to get to the next level. And so I believe we're the best there is at that. Yeah, she's also adding she had trouble eating enough. Um, he had her at 1400 calories, but couldn't physically eat that much. She's never actually hungry. So that's common, right? Like acting as if you don't have control of your hunger is wrong, right? Because your body is made to adapt 
to the amount of food that you give it, right? What happens in situations similar to yours, like if you're uncomfortable eating 1400, there's no point in us even talking because the answer to your problem is much higher than 1400, right? Um, and by the way, we lose clients over that every single day, right? Because they can't hear what they actually need, right? And just to be very clear, if you're thinking about signing up to, it's, what we're saying is not optional, right? We're going to give you the plan even if you don't like it, right? And we, we make the plan month to month that so you can get out at any point, right? But we have to do the part that we know that works, right? What I would say is usually the issue, um, one, which you'll often hear as people start to eat more, is that their, their metabolism comes back, but their hunger comes back, right? So there's satiety signals that happen at a low calorie point, start to go away as food comes back. But the biggest mistake that I would say that people in your situation is they get too into the clean food idea, right? Look, whole foods is really good in a deficit because it's more volume, right? To kind of keep you hungry, uh, keep you from being hungry when you should be hungry, right? Well, now you've adjusted. And so if you want to fix, you know, building muscle and things of this nature, there's only one way to do that. And that's to be, that's to have calories as an ally along the way. So how do you do that? Well, one of the ways you do that is you start to add some of the foods you took out, right? White rice being a good example. Starches, potatoes are good examples. Um, even snacks that, um, you know, you wouldn't normally eat, you can bring in because now you're trying to fill in some calories. And so um, I'll just use an extreme example, potato chips, right? Normally you wouldn't eat potato chips, but now you're creating something with calories, with a little fat, with a little carbohydrate, a little salty, tastes good. You can add that in as your calories are higher and stay weight stable. And you'll find that if you're 90% to the mostly whole foods and you have that 10% of wiggle room, I think you'll find that to be freeing. It does sound to me like you're probably someone that's been through all the Weight Watchers over the last 60 years, right? And heard all the dieting advice along the way and kind of clinging to this body composition that's kind of okay, right? But not phenomenal. The answer to phenomenal, there's a great quote by Ray Dalio. And he says, to live a, a normal life, right? A normal life is fine and you can be happy with that. But if you want to have an extraordinary life, you have to think of it like it's a jungle, a jungle that's uncomfortable, a jungle that's going to be difficult to go through. But you have to push and get through that jungle for that extraordinary life. Your brain is not allowing you to go through the jungle because it's scared. There's scary things in the jungle. There's things that you won't know. There's, you know, weight gain, right? As you gain muscle. We had a client the other day that gained five pounds coming from a really restrictive way of eating and literally went from no abs to abs, right? 
So a lot of the lot of lot of the 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 things that you think are the solution is actually the problem. Now it is the solution when you were losing those 19 pounds, right? But to get to that next level, you have to better approach. And truthfully, your other coach probably didn't would have never pushed you in the way that we would push you. So if you're thinking about signing up to even form, remember, we're going to make it uncomfortable for you, right? Because it's going to be uncomfortable if you're telling me that 1,400 calories feels like a lot of food. Now, does that mean that we're going to take you to 2,000 calories tomorrow? No, we're going to gradually move you through that process. We understand. But I can tell you one thing. This is one thing most people don't know. And actually, most people that run big dieting companies like Eat to Perform don't know that we know is that the faster you do it, the better it is and, and the least amount of weight you gain in that process. The majority of people that get there faster are able to stay weight stable. The people that do it slow, all the little things add up and that is what ultimately adds up to the weight gain. So faster is, is actually better contrary to logic. All right. Well, I appreciate everybody being here. You gave a lot of great questions. Uh, it's actually nice. A lot of the things that we talked about today, we don't often get to think about, right? Because that process has been built over the course of 10 years. So it's always fun to kind of review how we got here. I appreciate everybody being here and we'll talk to you later. Bye now.